Shohei Otani is worth $700 million. Well, not yet, but he will be. The Dallas Cowboys find themselves moving ever so higher in our NFL power rankings. And are you going to buy a plane ticket and go see the NFL in Brazil? This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. We're missing Mongo. He's somewhere down in the Florida panhandle, Biloxi, Mississippi, New Orleans. I feel like he's been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. We're like thinking he's Alabama and you're telling him to go check out a warship and then he's like, nah, man, I'm in Florida right now. Yeah, he is uh, being a Gulf Coast uh, traveler. Where in the world is Mongo? So he's not with us, but Mongo, you're in our thoughts and prayers. Have safe travels. And we got a lot to talk about. And I just want to jump right into it, man, because we've been saying pretty much for a year that we all knew where Shohei Otani was going. I, in the in the opening to the show, it's the first thing I wanted to say. $700 million. I feel like that's been on par for the course of what we've been saying, especially you, Mr. Brown, the entire year. We just kind of agreed with you. But there's a lot of little tidbits that keep coming out each day as time passes. But I just need to hear your initial thoughts, reactions, emotional outbursts. Shohei Otani is now a Los Angeles Dodger. They did the press conference today. He put on that Dodgers blue. And he officially set the record for the most jerseys sold in uh, a single day, I think. so, Or maybe 48 hours. 48 hours. Yeah, honestly, we knew it was coming. But it's the only place I didn't want him to go. But you knew it was coming. I mean, like, I anticipated it. So when that Toronto news broke, I was so happy. Smokescreen. And I was like, man, that'd be the perfect place for him. Out of sight, out of mind for my brains <laughs> for the next decade. But he signs, and I was I was adamant all along. It was going to be at least 650. And then I thought it was going to come down some because of where he can't pitch next year. But that didn't affect his price at all. So the fact that people still paid seven hundred, and I'm hearing now the Giants made him the exact same contract deal as the Dodgers, and he obviously picked the yeah, Dodgers. Yeah, the, the Giants didn't get him, and then immediately moved on. Um, who did they just sign? Oh, a pitcher from Japan. Yeah, so they're I mean, no they positional were, player, but yeah, they gave him a hundred. They were million. they were ready. Like soon as Otani fell apart, they're like, all right, time to move on. No, but here's the thing about the Giants: the Giants are a proud franchise, and they have a hard time. Pulling in that superstar. They can't get a superstar to sign there. Why is that? And it's a great baseball city. It's got great heritage and tradition there. But Sold out every week, think every about day, it though. every game. Even the teams that won, uh, you know, those three teams, with it was, it was Bumgarner and then Posey, but they were both homegrown. So, like, they didn't have no one come sign It was them. a lot of just like your above average guys right. coming together. But at name the, right the last time. free agent that went there. You had Aaron Judge supposedly signing and spurned him back to the Yankees last year. Correa. Barry Bonds. It was That's Barry Bonds. Guy. I mean, honestly. So, I mean, but back, back wait, to. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't they get Evan Longoria? Oh, yeah. That was a great move. Big signing. Yeah. But, I mean, back <laughs> to Otani. I mean, the, I'm, it's insane to me how he's taking $2 million for the next 10 years. And then I, I sent you all this uh, parody about my. Wolves of Wall Street and the Dodgers, and uh, basically they're like, and when it gets, and when, when his real contract kicks in in ten years, sell the team. Well, the funny <laughs> thing about sell the exactly. team was, correct me if I'm wrong here. I saw that he has an opt out clause in his yes. contract, and if the GM gets fired or the or owner ownership changes, 
he can opt out. I mean, Chad brought that up. You said it was on Bleach Report. I didn't see it, but I'm sure if Otani asked for it, he got it. I got to give a little shout out to Bleacher Report. Like, they are on point with these notifications. Like, like it might be a rumor on Twitter, but then, like, Bleacher Report will throw that stuff up there. And then, like, two hours later, I'm getting the update from ESPN and Apple News. So That much quicker. I'm giving a shout out. Free publicity for Bleacher Report. If you don't have the notifications, I think Biggie turned me on to that. I think yes. you you started. Bleacher Report's nice. It is the it is the way to go. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. You can go in and set your team favorites. You get yeah. updates on all of them. I, I have two questions on Otani. One, yeah, he switched teams, but all he really did was go to the better team in the same city. Like he doesn't have to buy a new house. He lives in the same I mean, spot. He's still in L.A. People in Anaheim are going to get mad at why, this. Why? Why wouldn't uh, he stay in L.A.? You know, yeah. what I mean, that's so, like he's made for L.A. He stayed but, where he was comfortable. So they're one through three. You know, you could argue it's probably the best one through three ever in a lineup. You know, between Betts, Freeman, and Shohei. That's insane. But. They're very left-handed in their lineup. They're so, dominantly left-handed. I saw. I, I still want to talk about Shohei, but just since you mentioned like Freeman and Mookie, and this, did you see where they all, him and Shohei, all of them and Shohei were there trying to get um, what's the other guy they're trying to get from Japan? Yamamoto. Yamamoto. He's already visited them. Yeah. And I had that in the notes. Talk about. I mean, it's such a good uh, strategy to lock up Otani, and then if you would land arguably the top free agent pitcher as well on the market, then uh, your, your Dodgers are looking good. They need some starting pitching. Can, go ahead. Didn't the Dodgers just make a trade for a pitcher from Tyler Glass now or something? Pitcher from the Rays. If it, it happens, let's, let's double check. I, I think the Dodgers traded no, for a starting were, pitcher. They were rumored well, for well, rumored. Well, okay. Do me a favor if you can real quick, and I apologize to ask you to put your mic down, but can you do me a favor and Google what Shohei's um, – endorsements are because it's interesting with this whole two million dollar a year thing and it's look 700 million is 700 million and if you told me i had to wait 10 years to cash in i think i could wait i would find a way i'd be counting down the days don't get me wrong but i think he's going to be just fine anyway because he's got to make a ton i don't know what they get for a cut of the jersey sales but then he's getting japanese money too I mean, I just think he's probably going to be one of the highest paid. He's going to be like in that Jordan-LeBron territory. According to Google, the Phenom is one of the highest paid athletes in sports off of endorsements alone, raking in a reported $50 million annually. His sponsors include Japanese watchmaker Saiko, as well as Fanatics and Tops. Earlier this year, he signed a long-term endorsement deal with New Balance. So fifty million just in endorsement. So now we're talking about in ten years. Now you're making one twenty a year. <laughs> <laughs> so how, my, how much my, you make at your one twenty? Thousand. My other no, question no, <laughs> for you guys is: Has there been a team to screw up worse losing a free agent? Because the Angels could have traded him, so got a bunch back times. for him. Instead, they decide that they're going to add. And then they lose out completely. Well, they decided they were going to add. They, then they added Renfro and a few other people, and then they ended up designating them for assignment to keep their uh, team under the luxury, the luxury tax. tax. Well, all right, so that's the next thing I want to talk about. First of all, you are right. The Angels are just they're, – they're, they're becoming – Because they got nothing. Like in the NFL, you can get a comp- compensatory nope. pick and stuff. The Angels haven't made the playoffs in however long. They're like the Cleveland Browns, man. You got Mike Trout, who's Hall of Famer. All these great players – Bad teams make bad decisions. I guess it just kills me that they weren't 
willing to trade him, and they couldn't resign him. I feel bad for Wash, man. I, I love him to death, and I'm glad he got a job, you know, because he deserves another job, another shot, but he has no chance in that division. Thank, thankless job. I, I hate it for him. I mean, I'm happy for him, but it's not going to end well. No, it's not. But but the thing I wanted to transition to since we were talking about, you know, just not getting anything out of it and the Angels getting underneath the luxury tax – the Dodgers apparently are getting under some of the penalties of the luxury tax because of all this deferment. So I, I just want to say, I think this is kind of bullshit, right? Like the fact that you can defer, like this is chaos. And I know it's been going on for years. Uh, Bobby Benilla is getting celebrated every July. King Griffey Jr. is still getting played, paid by the Reds. Chris Davis. Chris, I mean, there there are bad decisions everywhere. But it's stupid that you're able to make these bad decisions and defer your bad decision for years and years and not have it affect your competitive balance. The one reason I agree with you, because what you said about his contract, ownership changes, he can opt out. If ownership changes in five years, the $680 million may not still be guaranteed. They find ways to work through different loopholes. I agree in a way you should only be def- able to defer a certain amount. I don't think you should be able to defer at all. If you're going to pay this guy, because now you, this is ballooned. It's the Deshaun Watson effect, too, now in MLB, because I know Otani's a unicorn, but 700 fucking million? That's ridiculous. I mean, that's how many how many teams So payrolls? you're saying that it's a competitive advantage loophole they took advantage of because now you got the Dodgers yes. who just went and got the highest paid player ever in free agency and now they can still add the number 1 pitcher coming over from Japan. They can afford to be high and they Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman they don't have to worry about paying anybody. I, I just think there should be a percentage that you can't on. I mean, I'm fine with deferred money. I don't I'm think, not. I, I don't think I it should be it. none. I mean, because that's their. I mean, I, but I think there should be a rule. This athlete Shohei is deferring 97 percent of his salary for the next 10 years. But but can you do that in other sports? Like I know you can't in the NFL. Uh, the only but, thing you can do in the NFL is structure contracts to where instead of it being like against the salary cap, it turned in, into a signing bonus, right? You and you can spread it out over the years of the contract. You can like backload it because you're counting on the salary cap to go up. But you can't say like you can't sign Aaron Rodgers. And be like, ah, oh, we're going to pay you over the next twenty years. Like it doesn't uh, I've work. I've never like seen that. a contract like that in any other sport other than baseball, or heard of one, honestly. Because the Dodgers have money, so all they did, so, like, they can afford to pay Shohei that money now. But why, why do it if I can spread it out and have the MLB not penalize me on a payroll tax? It's it's just asinine. And I don't know if people even realize this, but let's pretend for a second that they were paying the full seventy million right now. Their payroll would still be less than it was two years ago. They cleared out a hundred million dollars in in payroll preparing for Shohei. Which, so they're still below that, which, even with seventy million. Which is why nobody's surprised, or you shouldn't be, because if you haven't been paying attention, that, that's you're right. what that's what blows my mind though that they was wanting to defer that much. Like I just like as I, I figured they would wow. try to go and get some. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a joint agreement between Shohei and the Dodgers to say. Look, we can see you cleared this much money out for me. I want to be in L.A. too, but how do I make my mark? How do I become not just a unicorn but a legend? I do it by winning. How can I do that? Allow you to spend more money. What did Tom Brady always do? He took less money because he could afford to, 
What did that afford him? Oh, I'm Six not blaming Shohei had a for better doing team. it. Well, now, now if he let's say he rolls off like three titles at least, and like does what the Giants did, yep. he's now he's a legend. Yep, and, and that contract will be worth every penny because yep. you just brought because the Dodgers have been maligned with postseason success. They don't do a great job. I'd say of the it. Giants' three World Championships came a little cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely did. So, how many teams do you have to combine to get to seven hundred million dollars in payroll right now? Well, I know that Otani's making more on that con. Uh, his his salary is more than like five, six teams. You, I think you could combine both Central Division teams, and it wouldn't touch Otani's payroll over that time period. <laughs> so, I've never thought about this. I mean, like his this. contracts more than some teams this year, right? More combined, like, like several six teams. teams. Yeah. yeah, six teams. Uh, I've never thought about it like this before, but in the NBA, you know, the Western Conference had all the good players for a while. In uh, the NFL, you have the AFC had all the good quarterbacks for a while. When I look at baseball now, I look at the National League, I got the Phillies are much CTV. You love Bryce Harper, Trey Turner. You got the Atlanta Braves who are going to continue to win 100 and 105 games. Now you got the Dodgers. It's like whoever wins the pennant there wins the World Series. Yeah, I mean, because the Astros are fading. They are. I mean, I mean, you can't stay the, young forever. The Yankees don't know how to spend their money and be competitive. Well, they know how to spend their money. They just don't know how to be competitive. You're right. Yeah. Them <laughs> and the Red Sox, same way. So I just the International League is so loaded that come playoff time, because you know all three of those teams are going to be there. You're guaranteed to get probably two of them in the NLCS. That's a good look. I, I like it. As of last week, did you realize that the Yankees were third favorite betting odds to win the World Series? Well, you brought that up on the show last week. Which is a damn joke, though. When I looked on FanDuel, they were, I think, fifth or sixth. But different sites have them differently. But, yeah. And that was right after they signed. They they, uh, they traded for Soto. And the thing is, you got to lock him up. But, I mean, and they also need to get that Yamamoto to double down. I mean, I think they need pitching as well. So, let's put a bow on the hot Yeah, you put Yamamoto. Sorry. You put Yamamoto with Cole. Yes. I like that. So, so where do you have a prediction on Yamamoto? I mean, I, the Dodgers. I, I mean, it's inevitable. That's what it feels like. But I mean, at least it seems like there's a lot now, of teams talking to. Maybe him. if the Giants would overpay him, and maybe he would go there. Because uh, we'll see. But I don't. They just signed the other big Japanese player. Yeah, but that they didn't spend that much. I know, no, but no, dude, they they're didn't. willing to pay Shohei the same contract. Yeah. I'm sure they go for two players. Well, well, I guess I was looking at it from the opposite point. Do these two guys know each other? And that was the point we were talking about earlier where Shohei and the boys and Dodger Blue are sitting there like, come talk to us, buddy. We're, we're here to have a, have a good time. But I, All right, so any other big dominoes you're ready to see fall, or is it still a little quiet here on the Western front? Like, I feel like the big one is moved, and that's what we're waiting on. But we saw Soto get moved, too. So, like, what else is left to happen? I mean, you got Snell. Where does Snell go? It, it's, that's been real quiet, hasn't Snell it? Snell has been. And then, you know, if Glass now does get moved, he's going to be a nice piece. Uh, really, I mean, it's, there's not a lot out there now. All these old Tampa raised pitchers. Yeah. Finding new so, homes. Before we finish up here, just got one question for you, because you pay a lot more attention than I do, even though it's – my team, you're into baseball. Is there any one name, top 15, 23 agent trade out there that the Mariners are targeting? Because according to <laughs> The Athletic, he's which I do at read. you to try to tell him some good news. Well, I read The Athletic, and they're all over it. And Jerry, we're not, we dump salary. You we're pay for backwards. The Athletic? It's free for me. Oh, okay. I hate I to tell you, buddy, but uh, I don't see the Mariners doing much the rest of the offseason. Okay, that, that, <laughs> you know what? Okay, thanks. <laughs> 
I had a buddy of mine call me up, and he was just venting about the Cubs. Like he, he's like, ah, is it just smoking mirrors? Are they just trying to act like they're going to compete because you know they're kind of ahead of schedule as far as performance goes? But they've kind of dropped the ball with Bellinger. I don't know what's going to happen with him. I wouldn't sign him for what he wants either. I mean, right. I'd let him walk. Because we've seen – I don't know. Is it more – Their lineup's not the problem. they got a good lineup. They need pitching. They need pitching. Yeah. So, like, I could see them – if they would sign a Snell or someone like that, they they would be uh, – They'd be they, front runners they, they, in the central. Yeah, they'd be uh, contenders in the central. Yeah. I, I believe that. But that's crazy because they're such a big market, and the Cubs have money, man. But they never – overspend it seems like so here's the thing i don't get the cubs are that team lovable losers and they win world series they've fallen back obviously a big city like chicago and willing to spend money how do they not get more big name free agents they got cody bellinger but he was on the rebound one year deal bet on himself now he wants more money than they're willing to pay what what type of contract do you think bellinger will get who's going to pay him i don't know he was asking for like 230 230 what i read ah uh, i don't I, know that's tough are, are uh, there any teams with big contracts that you anticipate offloading anybody uh, like the Padres? <laughs> you never know what the Padres are going to do. I mean, That's like, why I bring it up. They've got like four shortstops still on their roster. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I can absolutely see them moving one of them, although Tatis will never see the infield again. After he won a gold glove in the outfield, he's now an outfielder. Yeah. I'm with you there, but it's just they got a lot of money on the books. I just don't know yeah. if they can hang up because the the result is not matching the pocket right now. But I don't know. Maybe they'll just be the Yankees of the West and spend on a lot of good players that don't equate to actually uh, winning meaningful games. I'll tell you what's the thing that has caught my attention so far this offseason is the fact that how the Mets just kept their money out of last year and they were a complete dumpster fire. They haven't done anything this offseason so far. And I really thought with their owner that he would just double down and spend more money. I think he uh, took a hard look in the mirror and said, maybe just throwing money at the problem isn't the best solution. (laughs) Especially after he's paying a majority of Verlander and Scherzer's salary still. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a break. We'll come back, talk some NFL, because Mr. Brown's got something he's got to get off his chest. We'll be right back. Don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll keep bringing you new content wherever you get it. Special recognition to Mr. Brown's Labor of Love, a growing Facebook group, America's Pastime for the Love of Baseball. There, hundreds of former big league players, umpires, managers, announcers, and writers interact with our fans to talk all things baseball. Make sure you find our other Facebook groups as well and give them a like, a follow, and a subscribe to We Don't Know Sports on all platforms. So you guys talked to me like I was a dumbass last Ah. week. And what did I say? No one wanted to listen, but I told you what was going to happen. Not only did the Cowboys whip the Eagles' ass, they beat them by 20. We have soccer kickers making history, Dax dropping dimes. We have C.D. Lamb, who wish the Raiders would have drafted over my boy Ruggs. But you know what? The Dallas are the best team in the NFC right now over the Niners, and they're going to the Super Bowl. Shots fired! If they get past the next two weeks, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Mr. Brown, we could argue Cowboys Niners all day if we wanted to, and that's for later. But I will tell you, you were right. 
We and were wrong. I was wrong. We were wrong. We were we, wrong. We, we gave you so much shit because I've seen this show so many times to know you can't bet on Dallas. But you did. You picked your spot. You waited for the right time. The iron was red hot. And they branded the Eagles with that L. That's got to feel good. And you're right, man. Dallas looks pretty damn good. Dude, everything on all cylinders looks good for them right now. I mean, they're they're one of the best defenses in the league. When their offense is humming, it's humming. They still have a good running game with Pollard. So well, they're one of the most complete teams in the NFL. Um, so I do like, like I guarantee, I, I understand if Sam Fran and Matt matched up today, Sam Fran would be the favorite. But don't sleep on them. Is all I'm saying. I think they could go into Sam Fran and win that game. So we still had Sam Fran as number one. Correct, in and I agree with that right now. But we all we all had Dallas at two, except for Turbo, who's had all I'm one. saying is is I hear the train a coming. It's coming down to be Sam Fran hears it too. They ain't saying the Super Bowl. I don't know when. <laughs> All I'll say is the Niners whooped that ass 42-10 earlier in the year. Now, Dallas wasn't playing as good at that point, and I would love to see that rematch. Dallas is, is playing really good, but so is San Francisco like, right now. No, so they here's are, they the are. thing that really gets me. Everybody made so much deal, such a big deal about Kellen Moore leaving to be OC in, in, uh, for the Chargers. Herbert's took a step back this year. McCarthy wanted him gone. He took over play calling duties. Look at Dak. He's the, probably the league lead for MVP or he's in number two. Like McCarthy, who won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers was in the playoffs almost every year. First year in Dallas is rough. Then they win the division. They go to the playoffs last year. Look at what they're doing this year. How about throwing credit where it's due? Not only Dak, but McCarthy. That, a lot of people wrote off McCarthy for the last few years. Like, is the game passed him by? Well, I think it was also people looking back and saying, is it him or has he just been on teams with great quarterbacks that made him look like an offensive genius? Well, yeah, because when you have guys like Rodgers or Manning, you're not sure if the play caller actually is doing anything. So, do you know at QBR, which we don't know what the magical formula is that ESPN keeps in a vault in Bristol – but it seems to be a pretty good measure of quarterbacks because it, it takes everything into account, third down efficiency throws, your ability to avoid sacks, your ability to run. Do you know who your top five quarterbacks are right now? For QBR, I'm going to say Dak's in there. Dak's number two at 74.6. I'm going to say that two is Mahomes in is in there. Mahomes is number four. Two is not. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm going to say Hertz is in there. Hertz is uh, number eight. Ooh, Josh Jackson. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. All right. So number five is Justin Herbert. So for everything you talked about him taking a step back, I think it's just Chargers charging. That's just what they do. But Herbert, uh, up until now, he's out for the year. Yes. But he was a top five guy. Mahomes, number four. Josh Allen, number three, who's been a turnover machine. And that hurts you in this rating. But, man, the Bills have played well the past, like, four or five weeks. And then Dak Prescott, number two. It is it, it is point one difference between Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. That's insane. Yeah. But but that's those are the two best teams in the NFL. I right mean, now. they're they're probably the two favorites for the MVP too, to be honest. They really are. But I think if anybody's going to win it, it's Dak. No, I agree. Nothing against Brock Purdy; he's been great. But we we saw that little snippet of when not everybody was full health, uh, and they really slid. But they bounced back. Give them credit for that. With the Cowboys, of all the Cowboy teams we've had in the past, this does not seem like the one that should be the best. 
like they don't have Amari Cooper. I know CD's balling. You know, they got rid of Zeke, and I know he was on the downtrend, but like there was questions about could Tony Pollard be the guy? And at times he couldn't find the end zone this year. The constant has been Dak Prescott. Like, how is he not your MVP right now? Uh, he clearly is, and it's crazy given the fact, too, with Mahomes falling back as much as he has, so it's opened the window for other guys to take I, it. I, I think the Chiefs are in trouble. Big I, time. I do, too. I, I think they might be one and done in the playoffs. So, you know, a lot of times we look at coaches and we're like, oh, you got to go somewhere and prove yourself. The enemy leaving and the Chiefs being as sloppy as they are, he proved himself because what everyone would say, like him and uh, Mahomes got into it on the sidelines. Everyone said the enemy, he's too hard. He's an asshole. Even his first training camp with Washington, they'd say the same thing. Kadarius, Tony, and these different mistakes they have weren't happening before this year. No, I, and, you know, that's, that's the thing is you need – it's a different world in 2023. I get that. But you kind of need that guy that can just stick his boot in your ass when you need it. And that was the enemy. And that kind of galvanized him when they had to. And I love Mahomes, man. He's a competitor. He 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 deserves all the adoration he gets. But, man, has his surrounding talent really let him down. Kelsey's not been himself this year. He's he He's been distracted for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Six <laughs> sixes will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Not an eight. (laughs) I will say this. (laughs) If the Chiefs end up faltering and only making the first round of the playoffs and out, I'm fine with that. I don't need another cutaway to Taylor Swift. I'm with Al Michaels. Did you guys see that Al Michaels got taken off of NBC's playoff coverage? Because he wouldn't talk about Taylor Swift? Is that why? And he That's said, not the reason, is it? Come no, on. Well, that is a big factor behind it because he steadfastly not wanted to talk about her when they've done Chiefs games. And he's even made the quote or the comment when he was asked about Taylor Swift is, you can't make the sideshow of the show. We're here to cover football. You're trying, him. you're trying to gain an audience here. You're trying to grow your brand. I mean... Taylor Swift's going to do a concert in Brazil. The NFL's going to play a game in Brazil next year. Are you going to go to that? You all want to go to Brazil? Yeah. I probably wouldn't come back. (laughs) Is it in Rio? Rio de Janeiro. Did they say where? I have no idea. Sao Paulo or something like that. But uh, it's crazy that they've been doing all these Europe games. And they've done Mexico. They didn't do Mexico this year, though, did they? No. No, 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 no. They did. uh, Was Germany new this year? They probably stayed away. (laughs) It it has been bad. It was bad down there the last time they had an NFL game. They had an oxygen mask going between (laughs) elevation and the pollution. They were like, this is we need hazard pay. Yeah, I think people don't realize, like, Mexico City's like, it's higher than Denver. Yeah, it's like, it's it's. I thought for some reason, I'm thinking it was 5,600 or something like it's that. It's up there. I don't know. Maybe it, more than that. I don't know. But it, like between that and the, and the pollution, man, they're like, plays players are pissed. You know, Mexico City's like sinking a little bit every year because really? they built it. They built it on top of uh, what used to be like a, a water, a body of water. And like each year, it sinks like a couple inches. Oh, was it like a canal? I was like a lake. All I know is Cancun don't have those uh, those air issues. You just got to go to the resorts. They exactly. put a bubble around them. Dude, Mexico City is 7,349 right. feet. Well, I was above. only off by 1,500. <laughs> <laughs> you were off by the elevation of Ohio <laughs> or something similar. But all right, so back uh, to, to the more recent happenings here in the NFL. We can opine about our trip to Brazil we might take. Let, let's talk about Buffalo for a second because they were kind of written off and left for dead. But all of a sudden, they seem to be surging. And who does Buffalo host this week? 
Dallas Cowboys. What? Do we got a spread on that game yet? It's two. Buffalo's favorite. Buffalo's favorite. I know you get three at home, but still to be favored at all against who we just said might be the best team in the NFL. That's saying how far they've come. So, I, I do you believe that Buffalo might have a, a little playoff run in them, or is it just uh, smoke and mirrors? I mean, the difference in the last three or four weeks is the Allen's basically put the team on his back, and he's doing a lot more running like he was, um, and he's just extending plays, extending drives, doing his thing, kind of like a little right-handed John Elway out there doing his thing. So that's why they're rolling right now. That's you got to get off Josh Allen's back about the turnovers. He his. Touchdown, total counted for touchdown, passing and rushing the turnover is the biggest margin of any quarterback in the league. It is this year. It's also the biggest margin since he came into the league. If you want to talk about his turnovers, that's because of what you just said. He's putting the team on his back. By the way, we talked about Kadarius Tony, Mahomes flipping out, Andy Reid. You cost us a game. There's a minute and a half there. Didn't they play where Patrick Mahomes had 13 seconds to go down and get a field goal? 2017, they get that touchdown. They've been 24-20. There was still a minute 27 left on the clock. You're telling me Josh Allen couldn't have went down and won. So we put that to bed. I'm riding as much as I hate to do it. Josh Allen carrying the Bills to 11 wins. They went out. I like that. I, I do got to ask you about the Mahomes thing real quick with Josh Allen in the post game, where he. So here's the thing. I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you. Where he I, came just, out. I just want to tell everybody what it is real quick, because if you didn't see it, it was a hot mic, and you know you're shaking hands, you're giving the hugs, you're dapping up, and all that stuff. And he just told Josh Allen, "Yeah, that was a bullshit call at the end. Worst call I've ever seen." Did you see the look on Josh Allen's face? He's like, "Dude, game is over. Shake my hand." So now everybody is under the spotlight. This is the only moment moment that Mahomes moment. Has had that's a let's coin where that he word. just looked like a big crybaby. So I'm not going to write him off. But what I'm going to say is, it's a if bad you want to. If you want to yell at the ref, you want to complain to the press conference, go for it. You're shaking hands. Not to the guy that just beat you. What You're just going over and saying, hey, you're such a piece of shit. In 90 seconds, there's no way you would have come back. The refs took this from us. Be happy. You got it. You paid for it. You bought them. Look how he's bobbing his head. Side oh, that, that, he that was it. nothing but sass. I'm <laughs> just bothered by that. <laughs> you see where Brittany Mahomes went on social media and showed the referee and was like, is the real MVP? That's where uh, he got the head bob. That's from. what I thought. He just made me think of Brittany Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, listen, Mahomes has been he's he's been an upfronting dude since he's been in the league. He had he he messed up. He 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 apologized for it after the fact. The heat of the moment. It was a bad look. You know, he he cried like a little bitch to be honest. And like you know, you're just com- basically, uh, you know, your your partner here, another superstar. You're kind of just acting like he didn't have what it took to beat you. Basically, just shitting all over him. And I'm like, no. Like, dude, Like, my thing is, you're mad at a penalty that they got right. Like, I'm sorry that Tony didn't look over at the ref. I, that's probably Mahomes, though. Like, think about his perspective. Like, he's the one at the line. He's looking side to side. Why didn't he say anything? Right. So, from his perspective. He, he sees the line. He must not have noticed that he was well, aggressively offside. That's the thing, too. I've talked about Mahomes should retire as a goat. He should surpass Brady, right? I don't know how many times watching a Patriots game, because it's quiet, especially at home. I heard Brady go, go 
fuck, get on the line. Right. Because he ain't in the right spot. Yeah. Brady knows where right. he was. You're right. Same thing with Peyton Manning. So as much as he wants to complain, get That's a little awesome. more on top That's of it, Patrick. Strange. Just snap the damn ball, Jeff. Do you think he do you think he checked out because he knew he wasn't throwing the pass? I think he thought he wasn't gonna catch it anyway, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, but like like Peyton Manning said, if they call him offsides, blow the play dead. Like they didn't have to have that play happen. The thing that bothers me the most is how they say the refs took the touchdown away from him. The flag drops as soon as the ball snapped. They don't know what's gonna happen. I agree. If it's dead right there, stop it. Player safety. I mean, it ain't like it's a free play because it's offensive offsides or whatever. So it's not like you're gonna free play it. So why would you let it continue anyway? I mean, because nobody knew what was going on. <laughs> Except for the referee. Good job, ref. Uh, all right. I have um, a quick little question to ask uh, just about the world of, I guess, college football, college basketball, before we wrap up this little segment here and we all take a little piss break. But, you know, just because we're West Virginia fans and we've been embattled with the transfer portal you were asking me before the show started, and, and people, if you don't follow West Virginia sports, that's fine, guys. But we have a multitude of players that are appealing. There's a lawsuit. I think 11 states have filed um, – their attorney generals have filed against the NCAA because they're barring these transfers, and West Virginia has a player right now. But here's the thing I wanted to ask you. Did you see the rule about if they – because they've appealed it, so there's a restraining order, so these guys that are suspended – are allowed to play. So in the situation of Raekwon oh, Battle, go ahead. I like the fact that you said in battle to start it because we got Raekwon Battle. Yeah. When it was approved initially, he had a 14-day window to play. So this Saturday, he could play. As of 3 o'clock this afternoon, when I checked, it has now been changed. If he plays Saturday, any of these guys, no, so he, still, he window, still has the window. He still has the window. That hasn't changed. But if he plays and it gets overturned, he has lost his year of eligibility. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. He could play one game, and they, and the, and here's the other thing: this is his last year of eligibility. That's bullshit, man. Straight up bullshit. Yeah, I mean, and- well, because what it does from his perspective, and then as a coach, if if you're Eifert, you're like, hey. I don't know how it's going to turn out. If it doesn't work out here, you get to play another I was listening year. I'm to not going to play you. I was listening to the press conference, and like they don't know what to do. Like they they they're trying to like seek all this legal advice, but like, how would you feel if you tell this kid this is his last shot at college, and and now we got nil money involved, and yeah, he's probably not playing in the NBA, but all these guys play overseas. They somewhere. play overseas and make six figures, you know. Well, and the other thing about it, the NIL money, another year, that gives him a chance to set up an overseas career, which is where a lot of guys from West Virginia have went and played. I am just – I've done this before. Death to the NCAA is the governing Hell body. Yeah. Because in, in NCAA college football, Nico Marshall, our backup quarterback, can actually play three games. He could start three games. He doesn't lose his redshirt. In football, you get to play in four games not lose your red shirt and basketball if he plays three minutes on saturday and more games he's years season. done that's dumb yeah. three minutes is always got he's just got to go on the court once how are you so backwards because the ncaa is it's supposed to be about the, it's supposed to be about the kids it's supposed to be about the that student just, athletes it's so bothers I mean, me but you know it's not like you're not letting them, everybody else bounce it down wherever the hell they want to go and so like, what's the difference and if anything can west virginia basketball not have a hardship waiver i mean that's what it should be at this point like they're playing eight guys like let's 
Let's let just let them play for for health of players. And we know that it's not like they're going to contend for a conference title or nothing. So, like, what's that really hurting out there? It's just hurting the kid. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's bullshit. I hate the NCAA. It's so bad. It's so bad. I did have another NFL thing I wanted to ask about. Okay. So I, I saw Ben Roethlisberger has a little podcast he's doing, and he was talking about the Steelers' way is done. Yeah, he said it's bad coaching right now. And he said everything. The players aren't holding each other accountable. He said, like, on defense they might be. But he said, when I was a rookie and I was coming up in the league, you know, we had guys like Jerome Bettis and Hans Ward. Like, they'd grab you by the face mask and tell you how it was. Yeah, but they don't have an identity now. They don't have from, anything. From the offensive side, they don't have a superstar that's going to jump in there and be like, show you the Steelers way. There's nobody that has that resume. They got beat by the New England Patriots. And it caused Ben Roethlisberger to come out of the woodwork and say, it's over. That's how bad it is. They lost to the hapless Patriots, and it broke the Steelers. I was going to save this stat for the other show, but I'll just use it twice. Now, I love Mike Tomlin. I love how he talks in his press conferences. I love the fact that he has never had a losing season. Do you know how many times they've won a game in the playoffs in 17 seasons? I know the answer. How many, what was the question? How many of his 17 seasons have they made the playoffs and won, won a game? game? I, I know Twice? This. I know this. It's four. Four? Four. Okay. Because I know so he's got a Super the Steelers Bowl. is not being a bad team. They're in the playoffs. They're competitive. Yeah, they get in as a wild card and they lose. Or they win the division and they lose. So it's like the Braves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Got Football. him. laughs> Uh, hey, is Baltimore legit right now? Do you feel, do you feel them and Lamar? I, dude, like, I've told you before, I trust no team less than Baltimore Ravens to protect the lead in the fourth quarter. The Rams are the first team all year to lead the Ravens in the I think, first quarter, I think the Rams, the Ravens are sne- ended up winning. I think the Rams are sneaky, though. I think they've kind of come oh, yeah, around a good. little bit. They they just don't have a I lot of I need the Rams pieces. went out, finished 10-7, and seven because I did a futures on them for 10 <laughs> wins. Oh, God, I got good odds. Overall, I think the Ravens are legit, but I always get worried in the playoffs if they run into that one team and for whatever reason they get down 13 to nothing, they can't play from behind. They have, they have to impose their will from the beginning. If they, play if they a, do that, they'll roll on. If they're ahead of schedule on their drives, right, right, right. they're unbeatable. Well, but if they're behind schedule, they are terrible. I just feel like every time they get in the playoffs, now they're down by two scores and they don't know what to do. If it's a bunch of third and eights and longer, they're fucked. Yeah. To what you just said, right now they're the one seed in the AFC, and they play Miami in two weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami beat them. Well, no, I think Miami oh, plays. No, Miami was the one until they lost. Well, Ma- but Miami plays Dallas in two weeks, I thought. No, Miami plays Dallas. They play Buffalo, and they play the Ravens. They play the Ravens. It's We're going to find Eve. out a lot about them, aren't we? My, my point being, it could come down if the Ravens beat that. If they win that game, they're probably the one seed with home field advantage. So. Do they roll? With that helps field? things. I mean, when you're rolling in Baltimore, then you're probably going to have a better chance of inserting your dominance. And Lamar bet all over himself, didn't even go to the playoff game, wasn't sure if he's going to play for him. He's having a hell of a year. He is. I, it's it's amazing what I, winning I, can honestly, cure. I feel like the AFC is so wide open that if I was they were in a Super Bowl, that. it wouldn't surprise right. me a bit. So how ref- I don't feel like there's someone that can just be like, oh, we're going to How it. refreshing is it that you're just not like it's the Chiefs and everybody else? Like, yeah. it's it's wide open. Even the NFC is wide open. Like, right now, we feel really good about 
Dallas and San Francisco, but like Philly's not that far back. Uh, I mean, they, I disagree. I think Philly's closer to the Lions than they are to the Cowboys. I, Philly's I, defense has been suspect all right year. Right now, you're right, and it's completely fallen apart the last couple. Right weeks. now, you're right, but they've been here before. Let's see. How no, they I do. mean, they're battle tested for sure. I'm not ready I, to write them off. I don't feel like if they got into a tough situation in the playoffs, it's going to scare them away. Right. They're going to buckle down and either. I mean, they're going to go after. But, it. but they don't seem to have that extra gear that the other two teams we mentioned do. Right, right, right. right. Offensively, at least, right, like, like they're. they're Kind of like Baltimore, but better offensively. My point is, like with them too. I feel like if they get down big, it's hard for them to come back because uh, Brown is already p- getting frustrated and kind of throwing a little bit of shade to Hurst too in, in the media. Mm. Dude's been playing hurt all year too. Like, yeah. Even relax. I mean, I love Justin Hurts. So like, give me him on my Jaylen. team any day because that's saying from a Raiders fan. But you know, I mean, could he throw the ball better? Yes, but. I mean, he wins games. Yeah, that's all you ask for, right? I, I mean, that's that's the thing about Tua, man. Like, nobody thinks, like, he was going to be this good. Everybody was like, oh, he's got the hip problem. He can't throw. He's a lefty, whatever. And you put some talent around him. And, and I saw uh, – did you see Cam Newton uh, pop his head out of a hole in the ground and, and run his mouth a little bit? And he was yeah, talking – four QBs that are, they're, like, all on the MVP running and they're all Yeah, he good. called them all game managers. And I think I saw Adam Schefter was on Twitter. He's like, this isn't a good look for Cam. And he's right. Like, man, do you not remember how you ended your career the last, like, five years you were in the league? Like, don't get me wrong. Cam was an MVP, and he had his moment. But he, he couldn't even be a game manager when he had to. So, I mean, it's it's harder than what people it want It was to a say. very, very short moment. What was his window there? Like two or three years? He had like years? a three-year peak where he was yeah. real good. And then it Superman. Just, I had him in fantasy one year when he won league MVP, and I ended up winning a fantasy league. Yeah. yeah I mean, That's I, how long ago you've been relevant. That would have oh. – <laughs> I won it the next three years. <laughs> Uh, you I, let me know when you ever get to don the hey, belt. I am the Browns of fantasy football, okay? No, you make the playoffs. No, you're the Braves of no, fantasy I'm football. I'm the Browns. I won all these before there was a Super Bowl. Oh, okay. I got you. I yeah. got you. <laughs> when it didn't count. The 1951 NFL champion. Yeah, that's me. Someone fact check that for me. All right. Last thing I got, then we'll move off of NFL and football. But I, I don't know where I saw this, but I saw it multiple places and this is directly to you, Biggie. Do you have any idea what I'm about to ask you? Well, about reports on Belichick and Kraft. Like, what's the Which, story here? here? There's no story. If you bullshit, pa- it's dude, I'm hearing it. Why would Patriots? they gave him a contract though? If you follow the Patriots, this stuff's all been discussed and pretty much ironed out already. And they're, so, at what's going to happen here? They're going to sit down. They did give him extension in the off season. As the seasons went along, him and Kraft are going to sit down at the end of the year. Kraft thinks that they need to go on a different decision with uh, general management. Bill wants to continue coaching. Bill already has three spots lined out to continue coaching. The Chargers. The Chargers. Uh, I'd like to see that. Washington. Carolina. And the Bears are also mentioned. I'd retire before I'd go to those two. Yeah. But uh, like that, oh, Robert Kraft decided to move on. That stuff was like three, four weeks ago. Now, there's been no decision made uh, publicly. That's everyone's, you know, what they expect sort of thing. But the he's going to fire him. He's moving on. No. The relationships reached a point where they each think that it's better to go in a different way. Bill's got a landing spot. What it, you, th- this is kind of weird. It's kind of surreal for me because, you know, we had the, the, the dynasty there in New England. 
And Brady, was it always Brady? Was it Belichick? Brady goes down to Tampa, wins the Super Bowl, and establishes his dominance as the GOAT. He solidifies his, you know, it's, he's there. It's undisputed. Yeah. So then Belichick, you know, he struggled since then. I feel like he has to pick this last spot not only to pass Shula if he stays for three years, but also to kind of bring back his uh, – his, uh, What's the word? I'm, his his allure, his yeah, luster. yeah, like like his resume and not his resume, well, so to speak, but his his aura. I, yeah, I mean because he needs to finish strong. I feel like wherever he goes, and I feel like if the Chiefs kind of stay down, like a little bit, what we're seeing, and then the Chargers could be a good team in that division if they had good leadership. They have the players. They have the quarterback. Have. He know we know he knows what to do with the quarterback. Well, the thing that always gets me the most when they talk about, well, here's his record without Brady. Okay, yes, it's a little bit under five hundred. Some of that was with Cleveland, as yeah. they right, 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 but right. like if you look at this year, they went three straight games, giving up ten or less, lost all three. What's Bill known for? Defense, right? Where are they still killing it? Defensive side of the ball with your best players out. The guy can still coach. If you look at the history of football, all of our great coaches, what were they without a good to great? Oh, we talk about that in college all the time, right? Yeah. Like, don't so, don't put all your money on a coach who's only been victorious when he's had an elite level QB. Yeah, as a, a long lifelong fan of, of the Patriots and everything, I'm kind of liking to see Bill go somewhere where there's a quarterback in place, start new, win, so that all these people are like, "Oh, you couldn't do anything." He doesn't have to go find the most important piece. Yeah. It's already there. Yeah, you're not winning. Who's the only great coach in the history of football? in the National Football League to win, regardless of who his QB was, at a high level. Andy Reid. No. What? Andy Reid's won with all kinds of jokers at quarterback. He's won minimal. He won Super Bowls once he got a phenom like Patrick Mahomes. I just said Joe win. Gibbs. Uh, oh yeah. Went to four Super You're Bowls, right. won three of them with can three you, different starting can quarterbacks. You, can you name them all? Doug Williams. You got one. Joe Theismann. That's two. You know who the other one is? Is it Mark Rippon? Mark Rippon. Ah, I was going to say that. Hey, that's all right. Together, hey. one, right? Together we Do got Do you guys it. know who the only quarterback is to lose a Super Bowl for Joe for uh, Joe Gibbs? It was, it, it was against your Raiders. Was it Theismann? Joe Theismann. Okay. 38-9, that Marcus well, Allen What was that, uh, 80 or 83? <laughs> he's got to look, look at the, <laughs> the dusty-ass Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, because like, I got the posted <laughs> up. I'm a Raiders fan in the last championship. I was a year old. Is that in I black guess, and white? What is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to say that like... It's scribbled on a rock, and I put, it, know, in, I put it in a case. <laughs> it's higher. Chuck Noll won four. He had uh, Bradshaw. Bill Walsh won. He had Montana. Uh, Landry had Staubach and Danny White. If you look at the '90s, Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman, Hall. Uh, we get it. I guess my point being, no one, not that everyone's piece. Brian Billick. Okay, not everyone can win with Trent Dilfer. <laughs> oh my God, I love that Brian Super Bowl. Billick. Brian Billick's a great interview too. If you yes. ever listen to him, he's just he's funny. He's just loud. So yeah, I'm thinking like not everybody has that skill like him. So we need more Brian Billicks in the world. We need more Brian Billicks. <laughs> my favorite Brian Billick moment ever. You don't have to put it on here, but I'm still going to talk into the mic. Is that he was playing a preseason game in Philadelphia at Old Veteran Stadium. The turf was so bad, he's out there. Oh, his foot I remember on it, that. And they he canceled the preseason game. He didn't. Well, that's what killed the, the NFL, Veteran Stadium uh, yep. field too. Like I remember that. That he place used to put his team on the field. So he just forfeited. Yep. Dude, and he said, "I'm not putting my team on this field." That's amazing. That field was notorious. I remember at one point there was like a list of all the injuries that happened there. Isn't that where Michael Irvin died momentarily? Yeah. 
They also uh, threw batteries at Santa Claus there. Yeah, Veterans Day. Do they have a prison in the bottle, bottom yeah, of the link? Yeah, they, like they did for it? all the people to get Do they still have that? Do they still have that? I don't know. They just grease poles now. Did you see that video of the Cowboys fans sitting in the um, the link and they were just getting pelted with snowballs? Oh, yeah, yeah I did when see was that. that. It wasn't what? this year, right? Yeah, because like no, when you, no, when you, no, when you made the reel, because oh, okay. you Wait, made, either way, it was when cool I saw your reel in there, I was like, it was raining, and then I was like, it wasn't snowing. Nah, well, because they played earlier this year, like October. And I guess I just saw it in the timing, and it because the Philly there. fans when you posted it were outraged. They're like, this isn't recent. Let it go. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you are who you are. These colleagues It's not recent run. because it wasn't snowing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally happened last year. <laughs> it wasn't even 12 calendar months. Away. You didn't have the tools to be successful. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they lost. They couldn't destroy the fans Whoa. with batteries and, and snowballs. Mm. Mm. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back and uh, put a bow on the show here. We got some uh, NBA Talk. I, I I gotta hear how you guys feel about raising banners in the middle of the season. Big Timber Brewery and Tap Room is located in the heart of Appalachia, Elkins, West Virginia. Their name pays homage to the surrounding forests and the industry that built the community. Big Timber makes beer we love and enjoy doing it, creating a product that we, our town, and our state can take pride in. What started as a dream became a reality in 2014 when their first keg went out the door. Their commitment to beer and community continues to grow stronger every day. Pick up a pack of Big Timber at your local store today. I just want to kick things off on this segment with something I'm kind of surprised about. And I, I didn't even know it happened. One of you guys put it in the notes. Ernie Johnson is now a sports broadcasting Hall of Famer. How is that news now? Like, this guy's been in the game so long. Yeah, I agree. Ernie's one of the best, and everyone in the business regards him as, like, class act. Yeah, what bad things Uh, are ever said about Ernie? So, like, the fact he's just now in there is insane. But, like, literally, I was talking to Biggie about this yesterday. Um, Obviously, the whole inside TNT or the TNT crew, Chuck, Ernie, Charles, Kenny, all went to this event because it was the same night of TNT coverage. Well, then they filled out the whole new set, and, my God, it was awful. Because Grant Hill was trying to be Ernie, and I'm like, this is not working. No. (laughs) It was bad. You know, the NBA on TNT crew, that is the best thing on TV as far as, like, that type of sports coverage. Like, we used to have NFL primetime back in the day with, like, Berman and Tom Jackson. And, you know, college game day used to be nice. But this is the only one where it's like, I genuinely enjoy it. Like, it's that mix of breakdown and humor. It's just perfect. Well, you never know what kind of jabs you're going to get back and forth between those guys. And that's what's and the Chuck fun and Chuck go at each other. Well, yeah, they're the just real. It's like Could you're you? watching them talk to each other, and they don't know they're being recorded. And, and it's funny too because where they've actually fought on NBA court, and now they're just sitting on this. Like, I know. Like, could you imagine like 1998? Like yeah. going one day, these guys are going to be studio analysts together. Well, and to me, like as much as we all dislike the NBA, like watching it, that's still a show to this day. Like I can sit down and watch, and I'm I'm involved in every second of it. Yeah, I mean they well, they make you're like it a, fun. You're like a lot of people. You like that show more than the rest of the NBA. Oh, correct. I watch. I watch them talk about the game better than actually watching the it's game. It's the best part of the NBA. Yeah. I mean, but the NBA is trying because they they're willing to do different things that maybe are outside the norm of historical perspectives, like the the in season tournament and the so, Lakers are raising a rafter or a banner in the rafters. How do you know that your product's bad? You have to create gimmicks, right? 
reasons for people to view. Does that mean it's bad? So, is that you why know baseball? People, did all you know that? how many people watch the uh, NBA in season tournament finale between the Lakers and the Pacers? I, I don't know, but if I had to guess, two million people. Four point five eight million. That's more than I thought it would be. That's less than we'll watch Raiders and Chargers tonight. Well, that's not fair. That's not fair. Uh, you can't but compare. The reason I bring up four point eight five million viewers, it's the most people to watch a non Christmas Day game, which is typically when the yeah, NBA yeah. season starts. So basically, it's the most viewers to watch a non regular season NBA game in six years. LeBron, you're the goat. This is your league. Everyone wants to see you. Nobody wants the games. So, but what you're saying is the gimmick worked. Adam Silver, who I'm with, Mr. Brown, he's like an alien robot. I don't like him. He just looks like he's from Men in Black. It worked because it. it worked this year because it was the first year. How do you feel about them raising the, the banner? I like the reel I've seen of Kobe Bryant looking down from heaven. It's yeah, a cutout right. of him on the Tonight Show, and he's talking about we only raise banners for championships, and then it shows Lakers celebrating after like a however many game losing streak. That's what he said too. He said the video was like no division banners, no conference banners, just world championship banners. That's the only thing we hang in LA. Is that true though? Do they not have like Western Conference banners hanging? I don't know. Well, they got like 16 or 17 championship banners. That fills the rafters. Uh, like the Celtics have more, though. Just saying. Um, I think they're tied now. <laughs> the, All right. So did you hear the fact that they're considering if you win this tournament, you get an automatic playoff spot? No, that's stupid. Huh? That's stupid. It is. Because think about it. The Pacers played the Lakers in the championship, and I guarantee you, most likely the Pacers won't be in the playoffs. And if they do, they're not going to do anything. I think I think this year they might make it, but they'll be like an eight seed. I, that's my point, though. <laughs> like, you guarantee them, them in a spot? I mean, who gets left out? I guess the – it's crazy. It is, it is kind of bizarro. But I, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a problem with uh, them raising the banner because – if it becomes a regular tradition, and look, only one team gets to do it, and if you want to put a little little tiny banner up and, and remember that, that's fine. But if that's your MO as the Lakers, like you don't raise banners for things that aren't NBA titles, then don't do it. It's stupid. I just feel like the Lakers, Celtics, there are franchises that are above an in-season tournament gimmicky thing. Like, I would expect the... Like, you know the Kings are raising that damn thing. Yeah, the Kings. I was going to go with the Washington Wizards, the Memphis Grizzlies. Or the Thunder. Those are all teams that would raise that banner. Now, as we're getting off that a little bit, did you guys see uh, Pacers and Bucks last night since we're talking Pacers? I did not. Mr. Brown, did you? I saw that uh, our boy Giannis went nuts. Didn't he have like 9,000 points or something? He had 64 points. That's a his, lot for a guy that can't shoot threes. His final points came on a breakaway dunk with seconds left in the game as the Bucks were clearly going to win. The Pacers decided, because there's been issues with uh, Pacers and Bucks previously, we're taking the game ball. Giannis <laughs> freaked out. <laughs> tried fighting guys to get back what? to the Pacers locker room to get the Yes! Ball. You wow. guys didn't see no! it. Didn't see it. no. Okay, when we're done here, we got to watch the video. We should put a reel or something out yeah. about it. Giannis has to get held back. He goes back to the Pacers locker room to try and get the ball. They intentionally took it, knowing he wanted it. You know what their reason was? And I'm tying this all back because you're wearing a West Virginia hoodie. You know what their reason was? What's that, baby? According to Jim Rome, they had to keep the ball because it was Oscar Shibway's first NBA points. Oh, wow. 
And then after they gave him the ball, he said, I don't think this is the real game ball. And then he also said he didn't want it because he scored 64. <laughs> he really wanted it because Dame became fifth all time on the three-point list. Oh, is that what it is? I'll be honest with you. Until you said that, I wasn't even aware Oscar Sheboy was in the NBA. I didn't either. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Was he even it, drafted? He wasn't drafted, was he? I don't believe so. Player of the year in college and can't get drafted. Well, he's like Zach Eady for Purdue. Like, they don't fit in today's game. Is that that big 7-4 guy or whatever? From, yeah. Yeah. But he's awkward as hell. Yeah. Clumsy. He'll have Can't. a long career overseas, but he's not going to play in the NBA. <sighs> but that's okay. Uh, the um, other thing I was going to ask, it's kind of an NBA slash NHL thing, which we never, ever talk about hockey. But did you see that the owner is going to move the Wiz and the Caps out of D.C.? I did. I saw where DC put in a last minute proposal to remodel, but his proposal or DC's as a city's proposal was a $500 million upgrade. Uh, the proposal outside going to Virginia was a $2 billion new arena setup. Oh yeah. And, and look, there's money in Northern Virginia. They run the whole damn state. So the state, uh, legislation clearly approved that bond. Well, the Washington Redskins have actually played it in Virginia for what? Like, no, they play in Maryland. Or Maryland, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, for, Ever since they left RFK. Yeah, for a number of years. So you'll have multiple teams that are Washington affiliated that don't play in D.C. Yeah, but I mean, that happens in a lot of cities. Like well, the, the 40, I don't care that they play somewhere else in that area. It's like the New York Giants. They're just trying to be like New York. Playing in New Jersey. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. But I like, guess my question would be, if it works so well for some of these baseball stadiums like the way Atlanta did, is maybe this the right way to go? Like they're going to move out to the suburbs and just build this complex that's going to be all-encompassing an entertainment venue type thing? I think what Atlanta did is the future of professional sports. I don't know if it is, man. I think those downtowns don't want to let go of that stuff because that's their livelihood in some areas. But that's the thing. If you have a good ownership group, you buy six blocks. You don't care what fucking the city wants. It's about you making the money. That's like, like St. Louis, man. Like the Cardinals are downtown, but like they own at least like six blocks around that i mean maybe not own but you know what i mean like it's all geared toward the ballpark having went to the braves games the last couple years it's like six blocks around it so when you go down for game day you don't have to worry about cars driving around pay any attention to any of that you're not trying to hustle across the street everything is related to the game day experience which you typically only get with football games the only problem is if you do it wrong you end up with stuff like the royals and, you know, the Chiefs, man, that's a great atmosphere, but like, it's just a parking lot out by the interstate. Like, it's just, it's like the MetLife Stadium yeah. for New York's the same way. Like, there's no, you know, the, the, the hassle's going to the game. You know, you're not going out there to hang out in East Rutherford or the Meadowland, wherever the hell it is, New Brunswick. That's the thing. If you were to create that type of atmosphere around it, you have people that come year round. Like uh, the Patriots don't play in Boston, you know they're Foxborough, Miles. But that, but now they've got a complex that's nice to visit. I've never been there. I've looked at everything online. I think that teams that have that pedigree or that history could build it. But like the Charlotte Hornets aren't having it. The Braves can have it. The Patriots can have it. The the Giants can have it. You don't care if the Titans have it. Even though I know the Titans are doing a nice new I arena. think that's going to be badass. Because it's going to be downtown, but it's going to be across the river from Broadway. Ooh, Nashville's a new Vegas, baby. It's it's getting up there, man. Too yeah. bad they're 
you know, NFL team sucks. Hey, they got the fighting Mike Vrabel as head coach. They'll be okay. Uh, for, for now. Uh, the other, other thing for, uh, we kind of put a bow on the show here, just NBA talk. Uh, you, you want to talk about Doncic and LeBron going at it there? A little, little back and forth? And I think uh, Doncic got the better of him, but didn't he walk away a little little limped and, and weak there? I'm not sure. Yeah, so I was watching the uh, Mavs and Lakers go at it with him and uh, Luca, And I'm like, I'm telling you, like, dude, they both put their teams on their back. They were just going back and forth, like, at each other. And I know we shit on LeBron, but it's amazing to see what he's doing with his longevity and his – Fucking 20th season. I don't shit on LeBron on the court. I think he's amazing. I, I think he plays a hell of a game. He's one of the best uh, ball-dominant players we've ever seen. Because, like, if if you had to pick who you'd want to play with, LeBron would be at the top of the list because he's going to share the ball. But he just does these things that are off-putting. Uh, did you see the USC thing where he showed up during the anthem? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's a bad look, man. Don't do that. Like, just wait until it's over, then come out. As a basketball player, you can't deny what he's done on the court. No, uh, not at all. Um, and, and, and you can't even deny, I know the results are mixed about, like, his school and things like that. But dude's tried to give back. He doesn't have scandals. He's been with the same girl for a long time. Like, I can respect all those things. But, damn, he's just off-putting sometimes. Yeah, he's – like the most into himself athlete. That's what they've all become in this era. But yeah. he constantly has to say, you know, I'm the greatest. Or I know I've played in some of the hardest finals. Dude, let what you've done on the floor talk for you. Let other people talk for you. Don't do that stuff. You don't need to try and prop yourself right. up. You're one of the all-time greats. No, people prop you up anyway. In fact, I think, I honestly, th- I believe this in my heart of hearts, man. If, if LeBron never says... That's when I think I'm the greatest of all time. If he never says anything like that, if he never talks about legacy, if he just, I'm just here to play ball and win championships, if that's all he ever said, I think that narrative about him being the best player of all time wouldn't be as contested because he would it be It might more- have happened on his own, but when you're LeBron, you create clutch media and you put that <laughs> narrative out there and you partner with ESPN so you do a podcast for them and they push you down everyone's throat. You're going to get the backlash. And what to what you just said, if he'd have let it happen or organically, organically yes. I mean, he'd have been if, better if off. If he'd have treated the media like uh, Tim Duncan and just put out the stats he's done, right? people would probably be like, he is better than Because Duncan was revered as the best power forward of all time, and he's got zero personality. He just shut up and played, and I know people hate that. I'm not saying don't go be yourself. If you want to go do Space Jam 2 and stuff, whatever, man. Like, go, go be – whatever you want to be. But when it comes to your legacy on the court, let it speak for itself. When he was in Cleveland, man, everybody loved him. The first time through in Cleveland, ever, nobody had anything bad to say about him. You know, he if anything, they would criticize it. Well, he's not taking shots at the no, end of the No, the hate game. started when he made his decision. He made the decision, and then, like, he's just – he kind of divided that fan base of basketball then, and it's just never changed. And it sucks because – he is an all-time talent, an all-time great. He's on most people's Mount Rushmore's in some capacity. And he just – I just wish he'd get out of his own way a little bit. Dude, when you're good, you tell other people. When you're great, they tell you. Jordan didn't like to be called the GOAT even during his day because he didn't get the chance to play against guys before him. The MVP trophy, which they are going to rename the Michael Jordan trophy you know, when they renamed it, he didn't want that. Are they going to? Or are you just saying that? No, it's it's in his honor. Uh, is this but- a thing? I don't no. know what he's saying. Are you I'll, saying I'll that, show you after the show, and then we can talk about it another time. Well, no, our listeners might need a little inclination here. Are you? Well, stating, you can Google it right now. They were going to rename the the MVP trophy it was for Jordan, become the Michael Jordan trophy. Mm, I like that, but uh, he didn't want that. 
I and like that too. And he's been on record several times. You know he likes being told he's the guy. What is the name of the he MVP? He doesn't want to tell. What is the name of the people. trophy? Is it just the MVP trophy? So it's just always been the MVP trophy. But what you know how the, the George where, Mikan Memorial so, Trophy. Yes. Well, what I'm saying is now the Eastern Conference Finals uh, MVP is the Larry Bird Trophy. Western is the Magic Johnson Trophy. Remember when they did that a couple of years ago? I That's don't, when but, all this came about. All right. I, I mean, I. That's fine. I, so I my my point being. Let other people tell you when you're great. So no one can knock LeBron for what he's done on the court for 20 years. The only named trophies I like are championship trophies and any college award trophies. Those are those are I always like. Like, give me the Davy O'Brien Award or the uh, Bolitnikoff Award. You know, those are fun because you only had a couple years to make that impact. And if you were that damn good and they named a trophy after you all those years ago, Jim Thorpe, I think they named a town after Pennsylvania. From him, too, didn't they? I'm not sure about that Anyway, one. All right. I got a couple of pop culture things. We'll wrap up, put a bow on it here. So, Biggie, I sent you this earlier today. There is a movie coming out uh, from A24, who I absolutely love. Great scary movie they recently did was Talk to Me. Uh, they do they do some weird things. Low budget. This doesn't seem to be as low budget as they normally do. Is the movie just called Civil War? Dude, they had some real actors in there. Kirsten Dunst and a few other people I've heard I have of. No it's got uh, Ron Swanson, um, Nick Offerman. Is, is he the president? I think so. Damn, he went all the way from the Parks Department in Pawnee, Indiana to the White House. <laughs> you got to love it. But uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's a very realistic feel of if things just kind of fell apart in the country. And I have a prediction. I was telling Biggie this, that I think this will be one of the highest grossing films of the year. I could be way off, but just the sentiment, it's an election year. People are going to feel this shit and they're going to show up and watch it. Yeah. It comes out mid April. I think it, uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, Mr. Brown, you should go watch it. It seemed like really realistic. Yeah. They, 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 there's this one scene and we were texting this earlier and it was, uh, so who are you? And they say, well, I'm an American. And they go, what type of American are you? And it just kind of fades to black after that. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a little interesting. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that that's, a, that's a good one there. And then the other thing uh, I saw today, and I can't believe I'm going to bring this up, but I just thought it was so bizarre. Did you happen to see either of you that Will Smith, uh, his assistant, has made some interviews here lately? And he's got some uh, pretty big claims about uh, Will maybe uh, playing for the other team sometimes. I haven't seen any of this. You can hit me with the tidbits. I don't know how much Fresh Prince I'm I want to know. That stuff don't pop up on my feed. I'm not going to go any deeper than that. But, no, it's just uh, this guy's doing an interview, and he's talking about how – I can't. he said a name or something like that, but uh, – you know, if you're listening to the podcast, you know you might want to check out some Will Smith stuff on social media if you're into the celebrity rabbit hole stuff. But uh, I don't know. That's uh, that's one of those weird ones. But all the stuff with him and Jada and all that weird stuff, like nothing surprises me out of that camp at all. Now I know why he slapped Chris Rock. It didn't instead of punch him, right? That's why he slapped him instead of punched him. A hundred percent. That's how it goes. But uh, that's, man, that's really all I got for today, man. I, one of you guys, I didn't see this, and I'm sad because I'm such a wrestling fan. But I, I saw that it happened. I saw the ho- or the, the headline, but I never saw the video. Goldberg speared somebody during a coin toss or something? What did you see it? I don't know what he's talking about. I don't, yeah, so that was playing uh, when the, the Falcons. Falcons home game. He came out. 
they even showed him coming out through the locker room. Coming out through the locker room, and he was walking like he did. Did he go through the smoke? The music was going. He comes out, and he's wearing a Falcons jersey. And there's a guy in the end zone, and he's standing there with a Brady jersey on. And then he runs over there, and he spears him in in the end zone. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) The only thing would have been better if he would have jackhammered him. Yeah, he should have. How old is Goldberg? He's got to be 50-something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, mid-50s. Got to be. Oh, Whisker Biscuits is still in good shape. It was so bad, though. Even a fan. like It was all like it was a botch. Yeah, like, no, it, it was good? just a bad spear. I think it was because he was trying to like not hit him hard and catch the back of his head, so like he didn't kill him because he was like a fan. Uh, so like, see, this is why you got to do it to like the mascot, right? You know, somebody that's got a little like, give it, give it your all. Yeah, you ever see the mascots during NBA games? Oh, and, like yeah. they'll do those oh, dunks yeah. off trampolines and just get wrecked. They're yeah. fine. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Salute doors of the mascots. NBA. I just got to throw this in there. I'm sure you guys have seen the video. You listening, if you have not, go look it up. Tommy Lasorda beating the hell out of the Philly fanatic. Oh, that's and stealing fantastic. back the Tommy Lasorda like doll that he had. That is good. Stuff. We need more managers beating the hell out of. We need more Tommy Lasordas in this world. That's yes. for damn sure. All right, with that, let's put a bow on it. We'll head over and do our NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week. We got some exciting games this week, but that does it for the main show here. Thanks for letting us invade your ears. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week. We got one more show in us before Christmas, right? Isn't that how we're looking? I think so. We are good. All right, so we're not saying Merry Christmas quite yet, but Happy Hanukkah, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.